Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. I remember one day doing a funeral at a church. By all accounts, it was a beautiful service. But it's what happened after the service that is sticking with me. This particular church had a cemetery directly behind it, and the deceased was to be buried there. As I walked through the cemetery, over the grass and to the graveside, I noticed an old man with a cane. And he was already standing next to the plot as the guests made their way out of the church. He wore an oxygen tube on his mustache and dark aviator glasses over his eyes. His wife stood beside him. At least, I think that's who she was. She had straight brown hair and her face bore the marks of age. They were standing in front of a small table. The kind you put next to a couch in the living room. And on top of that table was a miniature wicker basket and a picture frame. What was all of this? What were they doing here? I nodded to them and approached the table. In the picture frame was a certificate with a picture of a dove and the name of the deceased. That's right. There's going to be a dove released. I'd never seen that before. I turned back toward the casket and waited for the crowd to gather around and began the short service. It only took a few minutes to say the prayers and offer a benediction. And then the old man called over one of the family members and he took this beautiful white bird out of the wicker basket and put it in her hands. It didn't try to flap away. It waited. And the woman with the straight brown hair read the certificate and nodded for the dove to be let free. And it went. It flew high up into the air. And it looped around the cemetery a few times and we all watched. Where's it going to go? I whispered to her. I figured it was free now. It might go into the woods and do what birds do. It might find worms and make a nest. Maybe if it was trained, it would come back to the basket like one of those trick birds from TV. She looked at me quizzically as if to say, you don't know? 
He's going back home. Home? What do you mean? Where's home? And she told me the name of the town where she lived, 10 or so miles away. He'll pick up the highway and he'll go home ahead of us. He'll be waiting when we get there. He'll be waiting when we get there. And she totally and completely believed that to be true. Do you believe that to be true? He'll be waiting when we get there. It still blows my mind with this dove. It goes against all common logic. I have a dog that I can barely get to come to me when I'm five feet away. And that little bird was finally free. It could have gone anywhere, but it went home. It was going to be waiting. When Jesus sits up in the tomb on the day of his resurrection, he could have gone anywhere. He's lived a demanding life of service, one that came to a painful and tragic end, so painful and tragic, in fact, that we relive it every year. I suppose he could have flown off into the woods or ascended immediately into heaven. He could have abandoned the lot of us and maybe he should have after the way we got him strung up, but he doesn't. On the day he marched out of the tomb, he went to Galilee. He went home. It was the place where he did the bulk of his teaching, performed miracles, and met the people closest to him. So when the people show up to take care of his dead body, they're perplexed about where he'd gone. And the young man waiting for them in the tomb looks them over. How is it that you don't know? He's gone where he told you he would go. He's gone on ahead of you. He's picked up the highway. He's home. He'll be waiting. And away they went. It was only a three-day journey from the tomb in Jerusalem to the region of Galilee, but we spend a lifetime walking with those women from the tomb. It goes against all common logic, and we are disarmed by the dramatic defeat of death. We hardly dare to believe that it's all true what the young man said, that he really will be waiting for us, like he said, when we get home. You will notice that the heroes are absent from this story. The, the primary characters in the most important narrative in the history of the world are a young man and a few mourners. Peter is not there, neither is Thomas, Simon is long gone. The people we meet today are just a few ordinary people walking one another home. Over the next few months, we are going to be returning to a lot of things. 
Some of us might be panicking about that. I read one tweet that said, Suddenly today I panicked about life inching back to normal. I don't want to travel endlessly for work. I don't want my weekends to be overcommitted with activities. I don't want to miss bedtime with my kid. I don't want to wear blazers or even shoes. Yes, we will return to all of the expectations. But we will also return to things that we love. We're going to be returning to the theater. We're going to be returning to church. I hope we're going to be returning to seeing people's faces. I'm with Bob Goff who recently suggested return to kindness. Let it become your most important accomplishment. We are all returning to something just now. And here and now, you get a chance. A fresh start like maybe you have never had before. To decide what you will return to. You get to decide what you will return to and what you will be. And likely there are a great many choices in front of you. You can go anywhere. You can zigzag through the rat race. You can meander through what could have been. You can plunge into all of the stress that tortures us like you haven't learned your lesson. But the dove returned home. And Jesus returned home too. They did the simple thing. No one here on Easter Sunday is being asked to develop a theological doctrine of the atonement or physiologically explain how Jesus' cells started working again or even poetically describe the mystery of his divinity. No, it is a simple thing, an awesome thing, but a simple thing that we are doing here. Can we return to just being people. We are just people. We are all just people. We're all just people on an Easter morning trying to find our way through the pastels and Easter outfits, trying to find a way to get centered, trying to find a way to get spiritually right and be reminded that all of this life, it is so much simpler than we make it out to be. It is just a moment in the great arc of time that we are even here and we are, as one teacher put it, just walking one another home. That's it. Stop today and breathe. And know the final destination. And how we are walking one another there. Walking one another all the way home. And easing one another's journey with as much mercy and kindness that we can muster. Enlivening it with all the love and enthusiasm we can manage. And when we get there. 
on that glorious day when we get there, we will meet the one that got up. We will meet the one that got up. And when he could have gone, when he could have flown away to anywhere, he didn't fly just anywhere, no. Because he loves us, he made like the dove and picked up the highway and went home to Galilee. He went home where he said he would go and then he went all the way home and he waits there gathering up the ones he loves, the ones we have loved and lost, saved by his sacrifice, held by his grace, safe at home. He'll be waiting when we get there. He'll be waiting until the day we get home too. Amen.